Nehemiah chapter 4. When Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and was very indignant and mocked the Jews. He spoke before his brothers and the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish since they are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him and he said, What they are building, if a fox climbed up it, he would break down their stone wall. Hear our God, for we are despised. Turn back their reproach on their head. Give them up for plunder in a land of captivity. Don't cover up their iniquity. Don't let their sin be blotted out from before you, for they have insulted the builders. So we built the wall, and all the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabians, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that they were repairing the walls of Jerusalem, they went forward, and that the breaches began to be filled, they were very angry. And they all conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion among us. But we made our prayer to our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. Judah said, The strength of the bearers of burdens is fading, and there is much rubble, so that we are not able to build the wall. Our adversaries said, They will not know or see until we come in among them and kill them and cause the work to cease. When the Jews who lived by them came, they said to us ten times from all places, Wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I set guards in the lowest part of the space behind the wall, in the open places. I set the people by family groups with their swords, their spears, and their bows. I looked and rose up and said to the nobles, to the rulers, and to the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your houses. When our enemies heard that it was known to us and God had brought their counsel to nothing, all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. From that time forth, half of my servants did the work and half of them held the spears, the shields, the bows and the coats of mail and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built the wall and those who bore burdens loaded themselves. Everyone with one of his hands did the work, and with the other held his weapon. Among the builders, everyone wore his sword at his side and so built. He who sounded the trumpet was by me. I said to the nobles and to the rulers, to the rest of the people, the work is great and large, and we are separated on the wall far from one another. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally there to us, our God will fight for us. So we did the work. Half of the people held the spears from the rising of the morning until the stars appeared. Likewise, at the same time, I said to the people, let everyone with his servant lodge within Jerusalem, that in the night they may be a guard to us and may labor in the day. So neither I nor my brothers, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes, except every, everyone took his weapon to the water. So the opposition becomes a bit more uh, substantial. They now go beyond words and they're now starting to put armies together. So Sanballat, it says here, he had the army of the Samaritans. So there you go, that's an army um, from north. Then Tobiah the Ammonite, that's the Ammonites from the east. It mentions the Arabians, that's from, they're from the southeast. And then it says the Ashdodites. That's one of the cities from the land of the Philistines that's west. 
So enemies all around. And so they begin to work and hold their weapons at the same time and they put guards in place. And so that's a picture of our efforts to build the wall. When we go to build the wall of the Lord, which is the church, you know, we're building his people, it's not just a case of, um, you know, putting the right thing in place. It's also a case of fighting off the enemy who does not want it to work. <laughs> and so, and the funny thing about it is that when you start building God's church, you find that those who oppose you are sometimes the people you think should be on your side. So, for example, this guy, Sanballat, he's the governor of, of Samaria, or so at least some of the commentators say, a significant local politician. You'd think that because the king of Persia has ordered this, you'd think that he'd be on their side because he'd want to be on the king's good books. But no, he's not. He's not on their side. He's in opposition. And sometimes, you know, you'd think to yourself, well, we want to see the body of Christ come to love one another. We want the church to be strong. And then you find that sometimes those who oppose you are even in your own church. But often they're in another church. You know, you, you want the churches to work together, but you might find that there's a pastor somewhere that just doesn't want the churches to work together. They think their church is the best and they, they refuse to be a part of stuff that's going on and they even pray against it. The craziest stuff. They tell their own people that those other churches are no good and we're the real church. And so they fight against the Lord with their words, with uh, their instructions to their people. They fight against it with their own prayers. And so what you end up having is spiritual warfare going on. And you end up having to build with a tool in one hand and a sword in the other. And what, what that means in practice is that when you go to prayer, you're praying not just petitions and intercessions for the Lord's work to be done, but you're also praying prayers to destroy these evil things that are no good, and, which isn't people. And um, now in this chapter, we see that Nehemiah, because all these chapters, it's like Nehemiah telling a story in the first person, and he's telling a story, oh, these people did that, they put their armies together, and then next thing you find, he's, he's suddenly switched into a prayer and you don't even realise it. And he says here... Um, in verse 5, like, Lord, let them be taken away as plunder. And he starts saying all these nasty things about his enemies. And this is what you call an imprecatory prayer. My father preached a really good sermon on imprecatory prayer, which you can probably find on our website or on our YouTube channel. Just go and look for that. And he, it's a great, it's a great uh, message worth listening to, but worth understanding as well, because you shouldn't pray this type of prayer without understanding how to pray it. <laughs> Because the Lord told us to love our enemies. So we've got to be very, very clear that our enemies are not people. So you might there might be someone in the body of Christ, like a person, that's, that doesn't get it. They don't get what God's wanting to do. You're not going to pray an imprecatory prayer about that person. That's not godly. It's not right. It's not the example that the Lord showed us. And um, we find these imprecatory prayers all through the Bible in many places, like Psalm 5, for example. Here's a couple of verses from... Uh, Psalm 5, Lord, lead me in righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me, but not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice. Their tongue, their throat is a grave and their tongues tell lies. Declare them guilty, O Lord. Let their iniquities be their downfall. Banish them for their sins, for they rebel against you. Um, so you can see this prayer here in Psalm 5 as an example of an imprecatory prayer, but in that, 
the, the psalmist says, declare them guilty and banish them. So he's praying right against his enemies. Uh, and Nehemiah does the same thing in this chapter. But you and I, we're called to imprecatory prayer, but not against people. We're, we're, we're supposed to realize that we don't battle against flesh and blood. That's Ephesians chapter 6. We're supposed to realize that we have an enemy that really is working against us, but that enemy has gripped the hearts and minds of people to use them as like a, a stooge or a tool or a weapon. So it's uh, it's like those crazy movies, you know, that, that come out now, you know, these apocalyptic end time movies, not that I watch them, but, you know, there's the this whole zombie apocalypse theme that's going on at the moment. You know, it's like all these clones that have been conquered, been captivated by some power and they're going through the city and, you know, you know, those people, you know, in, in the movie, they were your loved one just 10 minutes before, but now, you know, some virus or something has gotten into them and now they're working for some other power. Well, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> some Christians, you know, they get under the thinking and the influence of principalities and powers so that they, and, and they, don't, they believe things that are wrong and they, they're serving the evil one. They themselves are not the enemy, but they've become a tool for the enemy. So you're not going to fight against them you're going to fight against the enemy. And so that's the type of prayer you're going to pray. You say, Lord, I pray that the lies that they believe would be broken. Say, Lord, give to them the spirit of truth. Let them see clearly. So you're going to take up warfare to deliver them from the things which are affecting them. So you're actually praying for them, for their good and for their deliverance. And you're then at the same time you're saying, Lord, break down, remove the stronghold over this region or over this congregation or over the city so there are various ways you can pray and by the way um, our church peace we've got a, um, a website we've got the normal website peace.org.au but we have another website called training.peace.org.au switch out the www for the word training and we've got a spiritual warfare course there that uh, we never really promote our stuff we're terrible at self-promotion uh, but that is a really good course and I think we put it up years ago and it's been sitting there and no one really uses it. Um, but look, it's worth, I think there are 14 lectures on spiritual warfare there. It would be really beneficial to you if you heard them. And they would definitely help you in praying imprecatory prayers. And so I guess what we learn here from this, this chapter is that, um, that there's a place for imprecatory prayer, but it's not against people. It's against principalities and powers. And we realize that when we're building the, the wall, you know, when we're working for the church to see God's church be established, it's something you do with a tool in one hand, which is your regular prayers, and a weapon in the other hand, <laughs> which is your spiritual warfare. Both of them go together at the same time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Nehemiah 4. And Father, I ask for grace to be given to all my listeners, Lord, that they would take up uh, the heart to build, help build the wall. But I also pray that you wouldn't let us get fall into the trap of assuming that people are our enemies and that we would not, Lord, be bitter or condemning or unforgiving or judging of people who have their own struggles. But Lord, let grace be given to us so that grace can be given to them too. In Jesus' name, amen. 